Hey, Broken Salespeople. So today we are going to be talking about how you can stop cold calling like forever. That's on this episode of the Broken Salespeople podcast. Hey, Broken Salespeople. Welcome to the workshop. My name is Red Staffstrom, and today we are here to help you fix your broken sales skills. Now, I know what you guys are saying. Cold calling isn't dead. We, we should keep cold calling. Um, it still works. We still get customers that way. Yeah, and you're right. Um, I could also chop down a tree with a hammer and chisel. It doesn't mean it's the most effective way anymore. We need to start reevaluating our processes. And just because it's the way we've always done things does not mean it's the way we want to continue doing things. So... I know this is an emotional argument. I know SDRs, like most of us, we hate cold calling. We hate just picking up the phone, dialing for dollars, hitting 80, 90, 100 calls a day because most of our time is spent talking to voicemails. I believe the number is about 80% um, of the time we speak to a voicemail or uh, unset up voicemail. And the rest of the time, it's most of the time, it's either a not interested, not here. Um, it's a low success rate. It's a very low chance of actually getting a human being on the phone. <coughs> so I don't want to make that emotional argument to start, but we need to talk about why you don't want to be making cold calls anymore. Because, yes, I know we don't want to, but if it was the right thing to do, I would absolutely be telling you to do it 100% of the time. I don't hold up anything to be sacred. If it's the right thing, I'm going to tell you to do it. If it's not, I'm going to tell you not to do it. And that's the way that I'm planning on talking to everybody. But I'm going to use a little help. Um, so I'm going to screen share and show you, boom. Some sales statistics. Um, if you're listening to this as a podcast as opposed to on uh, on watching it on YouTube, that's perfectly fine. I'm going to be reading everything out loud. But this is all from HubSpot. HubSpot is one of the leaders in sales research. Um, this is the 60 key statistics that'll help you sell smarter in 2021. I, they haven't updated it yet for this year. Um, Blog.hubspot.com slash sales slash sales dash statistics that is a lot of s's and i am amazed i did as well as i thought i'd have so let's start going through some of these and i'm just going to jump and show you a few highlights of it first it takes an average of 18 phone calls to actually connect with a buyer with a buyer Keep in mind that what we're talking about right now is complex business-to-business -business sales. There is not usually just one buyer, is there? Um, I'll get to that statistic in a little bit, but that's a different page. Um, but it takes 18 calls just to get a potential decision maker on the phone. 18 calls. Then, if you scroll down a little further, 60% of those buyers, of those decision makers say no four times before they actually say yes. So 18 calls times four no's, you're looking at 70 plus phone calls. 70 phone calls, three-fifths of the time. 
70 phone calls, three-fifths of the time you're going to get a yes. That's a little slow. The next one is 80% of sales require five follow-up calls. So even once you get a yes, you still have to chase them for the contracts, chase them for the payments, chase them for onboarding scheduling, whatever else you need to do. Um, you usually, once you get that yes, your work isn't done. You have to chase for something else. And even if it's something as simple as doing a DocuSign, it can take you an average of five follow-up calls. So let's just look at that. You're making 80 phone calls with three-fifths of your customers, and that's assuming the people who are answering the phone. That sounds pretty painful, doesn't it? Let's look at some more stats. Um, now, it, it, uh, rather than just look at the cold call side, um, let's look at the social selling side, which is what I plan to talk about today. It's the strategy I'm going to be giving you. Using social selling tools can increase the win rates and the deal size by 5% and 35% respectively. So using social sell selling, yes, it's only a 5% higher chance of closing, but the deal size increases by nearly a third or over a third. That will make a significant difference in your commission, won't it? And it's all because you spent the time to build trust beforehand. Likewise. 65% of salespeople who use social selling fill their pipeline compared to 47% of reps who don't. So two-thirds of people who use social selling have a full pipeline. Half who don't, don't. Four in 10 reps have recently closed two to five deals directly thanks to social media. <coughs> Using social media has gotten that many more deals as opposed to simply dialing for dollars. Now, we're talking about B2B again. Um, so I want to bring up another point that we need to talk about. This is done by CEB. Um, and they said the average number of customer stakeholders involved in B2B purchasing decisions in 2016 was 6.8. So even when you're cold calling and you're trying to get that decision maker on the phone, there are six other people that you need to talk to every single time. So here you are trying to build credibility with this one person, but they have to talk to six other people. How tough is that? Now you take that 18 phone calls from earlier and multiply it by 6.8. Does that sound fun to any of us? No, it does not. So how do you start getting around this? Well, you start building the meetings and you start building the relationships beforehand. You get people on your side before you even pick up the phone. And that's what I'm really going to be talking about today. I'm really going to be giving you a strategy to start taking this from that zero, from not really having anybody in your pipeline, starting as a brand new SDR today to the point where you actually have a full pipeline full of people who you have relationships with who aren't just left voicemail on machine entries in your CRM. So let's start by going through this. The very first thing you need to do is create a real list of prospects, a real list. Um, I usually suggest keeping this 
relatively small, either 25 or 50 at the maximum, because anything more than that, you can't have that many close relationships with that many people. You can't know them all right at the top of your head. You need to know what's going on with everybody. Yes, your CR, it's all going to be in your CRM. You're going to have those notes, but you need to know them in case they do send you a message and you just need to know it and just have that random access memory to be able to spin up and remember everything. By keeping the list to 25 to 50, you can actually remember everybody on it and you can get rid of people as you need to. Um, this is not just something that I've, talk about, it comes from anthropology. There is something called the Dunbar Principle. The Dunbar Principle basically says that human beings evolved to have circles of no more than 100 to 150 people. When we were in tribes and clans, that's what we did. We stayed about that size and didn't grow any larger than that. Now that we're starting to be in cities and be these massively social creatures, our minds don't know how to adapt. You don't know everybody in your town anymore, do you? So our mental fortitude, like the amount of people that we can keep track of, is generally about 100 to 150. 150 is the Dunbar number. You see this at funerals, sad to say. But when somebody passes away, generally the attendance, about 100 to 150 people, depending on how many of the people they knew passed away. Um, if you somebody in their 40s or 50s, you're probably looking 150 people signing the guest book. Just It's morbid, but look around and you know it's true. So you only have so much bandwidth within your minds to keep track of all these people. By keeping it to 25 to 50, you actually have enough space to remember everybody. Now, here's why I suggest keeping it to that 25 number. Remember that there's 6.8 people in every deal. So that 25, you're really multiplying it by seven. That You're right at that 150 number right there. That's ignoring all of your friends and family. Now, you won't know seven people in every different prospect that you're talking to, but that's the way the math could shake out. So you want to keep that where you're following 25 companies that you want to work with, 6.8 decision makers in each. You're looking at between 150 to 175 people at your maximum, including your friends, family, coworkers. Yeah, you're not going to be able to track too many more than that. So that 25 to 50, those are your ideal prospects. If you're going to narrow down the list that much, you might as well go for the big fish, right? <laughs> Let's just go for it. Now you have that list. Take time cultivating it. Take time whittling it down. This is possibly a week-long process to research the companies that you want to work with that are your best potential and then go forward from there. The next step is to find these companies, these 25 to 50, and find them online and stay in touch with them. Now, you're not just going to follow the companies. You're going to find the people inside of them, people who might be your ally. Whatever you're selling, there is probably not just a benefit to management. There's probably some help to people on the front lines, the people who work with um, customers directly. Talk to the SDRs 
at that company because odds are you're going to be able to build camaraderie with them and they'll be able to point you towards the real decision makers. Find everybody you can at that company and connect and follow them. The next is you want to start building a relationship in the comments of whatever social media platform they are using. Notice I said build a relationship in the comments. You do not DM them yet. This is not a time for pitch slapping. You don't just bulldoze in and start trying to sell everything. You just connect and you stay friendly. Um, you comment on their post. Hey, that's a beautiful baby. Um, that's a great idea. You talk about what they bring up on LinkedIn, um, how they're helping people. <coughs> and you kind of play the long game. This is where you're going to take the most time. This is where you're going to get to know what they like and what they hate. This is personal research into them. Um, It's about learning the icebreakers and their hot buttons and their personality. Um, Just personality is a great thing to pick up on right now if you can. But this is where you start building that connection. This is where you get permission to actually reach out. Now, a great thing about social media is it mirrors our lives very, very closely. 70 to 80% of all thoughts in a human head are negative. Eventually, they will have something to complain about. It's human nature. Now it's your chance. Now you get to step in and solve a problem. Doesn't have to be a problem that has to deal with your company. Maybe you just know somebody who could fix it. If it's a personal problem and they are having issues with their fishing boat and you know somebody who does winterization for that boat, connect to them. If they are having a problem finding a reservation on Valentine's Day, connect them with somebody. Whatever it is, step in and try to solve a problem. Eventually, what happens next is that law of reciprocity kicks in. And what they're going to do is they're going to say, how do I pay you back? You ask for some time. You ask to sit down and talk to them realistically. Now you've created, you've given them something. You've given them something that solved a problem of theirs. And now you're in that trusted advisor role so much easier. You're able to ask for 15 minutes where they're not going to hang up on you at this point and get it very, very easily. Once you do that, you could start asking for the introductions to the other 5.8 people who are going to be involved in that deal and start figuring out what the playing field looks like. Who's going to be an ally? Who's going to kind of stand against you? Who likes the, the current program? Who wants something new? And you could figure out the lay of the land from there. But it all starts by narrowing it down to 25 people and connecting with them online. Now, I know what you're saying. All 25 won't work out, and I wholeheartedly expect that. Once that deal is dead, replace it. But the idea is you want to keep 25 people that you are constantly keeping in touch with and constantly in your pipeline, in your funnel, in your whatever you want to call it, constantly churning and constantly moving. Somebody sells, okay, great. Put somebody new back at the top of the hopper. That's the idea. But you want to be able to form those deep connections with those 25 companies and keep them moving over and over again. You can't just 
cold call your way in and hope that something sticks. In a world with Yelp reviews and Google My Business, you will destroy your reputation before long. Stay to that 25, keep it simple, and keep talking to those people. Aim for the big clients rather than whoever happens to pick up the phone. Doesn't that sound way more profitable? So uh, I hope this helps. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Please take the time to subscribe, to like. You'll see the um, button over my shoulder to subscribe. You'll see another video where I am charming and charismatic and probably ramble on just as much as this one. Um, but please take the time to watch it. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. And until next time, please go fix yourself. <laughs>